different times I know it can go both ways of a sense of deepening appreciation for what we're doing, for the power of awareness, wise view, and your sincere intention. And for me, other times, it's like getting up and going to work. Sit down. Okay, now it's not the breath, it's awareness. Do awareness. Walk another day. Oh, it's beautiful out. One way is that can really inspire me to be present. Another way is it can inspire me to get the heck out of here, go swimming. There's nowhere to go swimming. It's all filled with pollen. Don't even think about it. So I know for me, it goes back and forth between this, uh, not just a retreat in life, this, I want to say really deep and profound, but other times it's just normal appreciation for the power of the Dharma of seeing clearly of the way things are. That this moment, whatever's going on, this is it. Just walking up the hill here, I could see just this interest in watching the mind and just seeing some, some little separation the mind naturally makes. Right, right here. It feels like this now. And then that kind of flipping into habit. Habits even now of how to be aware, how it should feel, how not trying should feel. And it just it slips in. It's how the mind works. Yesterday I had a, happened to have a phone call with a dear old friend of like 30, 40 years. And uh, he's been, he's, the last few years is immersed in a different tradition. I mean, he's been, we've been practicing together forever. Totally immersed in a different tradition. Deeply committed and it's really always uh, really to me enlivening and helpful speaking with someone totally equally understanding on the path but the language is different the emphasis you know coming from a different emphasis using different language kind of looking at different things and superficially it could seem like two way different paths But as we talk, of course, it's the same because the Dhamma, the truth, that's the same. We just come from different ways at different times. So how that's enlivening to me is then when I just notice, you know, how this mind is thinking about the Dhamma or think what to talk about or something, getting into a kind of conceptual mode. I notice more easily if there's just habits, subtle, grosser subtle habits the mind is slipping into. That's all. You have to fix it, just notice. Something's gotten a little bit rote rather than that aliveness. Oh yeah, it's like this now. You don't have to figure it out. There's nothing I have to figure out. There's not a correct experience to be having. And there's no way to avoid experience, which is great because of this experience, 
is the doorway to truth, to freedom, to awareness, whatever it is. Doesn't matter what the mind thinks about it. So my friend's way of speaking was much more about um, surrendering to the fire and challenge and then the deep love and freedom that comes through opening into the fire. Okay. I guess that's why he's there and I'm here. <laughs> but we do, don't we, at times? But the language here, the, the way uh, we're talking about just simply knowing, experience being known, can, and this is my perception, might not be like that for you at all, more um, cool in a way, accepting to me, totally accessible. Sometimes it's opening into fire. Sometimes it's just opening into beauty. Sometimes it's opening into blah. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just read these two things, little, little day thoughts from Tejaniya. You can hear what I mean by kind of, well, maybe you can. To me, it's the coolness, but also the total presence We keep practicing right view and clearly recognize when we're caught up in wrong views. Our object of awareness becomes the mind, not the story. We cultivate a keen interest in the state of our mind. And to me, that's been actually the heart of this receptive awareness, just interested in the state of mind. Again, Tejaniya. There is something in our practice that is even more important than awareness. This is right view, wise understanding. Right view is the understanding that the mind is nature. It is not I. It is not self. It is not personal. It is not me, not mine. No one is there. This is right view. We practice to discover this nature. I think that last line is really important. Not that we have to know that every moment, forget it. But we practice to discover this nature, and that's nothing that we as a personality have to or can do as an act of will. What's happening now? It's presenting itself to awareness. We don't have to do anything. There's no telling what the next moment will present. If it's hearing and you're expecting, you still don't know what word's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> Nor do I. You don't know what sound, what sensation, what mood, and it doesn't matter. There's nothing to manipulate or organize or figure out. 
nothing to look for. Whatever's occurring now, it's known maybe very vaguely. Maybe the knowing doesn't even know what's occurring, but there's knowing. There's no need or no point in looking to see that there's no one here. That's how it is. We, personality, personal effort, don't have to do anything about that. Don't need to think about it or look for it. Every moment of experience, that's just how things are presenting itself. So that's one of the habits of my mind I was speaking of, the tendency of, right, this is empty now. Oh yeah, I can see this is this is not personal. And saying these, you know, intellectual wisdom, which once in a while is helpful, right? It reminds us. But not when it's accompanied by that subtle leaning forward. Let me see how I'm not here in this experience. Ah, yeah, leaning forward is like this. That, too, is showing us how things are, no matter what it is. So when awareness notices the leaning forward, there's some sense of subtle pressure. You don't even know what. No need to figure it out. Oh yeah, what's happening now? The feet touching the ground as I walk. Hearing. And the concept, the perception, hearing the wind in the trees, knowing perception, not naming it, just knowing. Just as Byron Katie says, loving what is in this moment. That's awareness knowing. I mean, that's where the love and surrender comes in. All we're surrendering is the habit of trying to make things different, more or less than they are so much extra effort misguided my four-year-old nephew they were teaching him at his school he was learning you know this person's wrong or that person's wrong or he hears the news, that person's bad. And they're teaching him, no, not bad, just misguided. I love that. When I was four, I was taught misguided rather than good and bad. So all this trying, it's just misguided. 
Well, misguided feels like this. We surrender into what's already happening. And this is where wise understanding, wise view, the Dhamma, the way things are, reveals itself. No matter how simple an experience it may be in this moment, or how seemingly complex, how gross, how subtle, none of that matters. Experience being known just with interest. Kind of like, how is this mind working right now? And whenever it's complex, that trust, that surrender, as Audrey was talking about in simple awareness, knowing, it's like this now.
May our practice together be a condition for the awakening from confusion and fear of all beings everywhere.